My wife gave birth to a healthy baby girl. <laughs> what? what wife, she said. <laughs> I got the job. Janet got the job this week. I got a raise. My son got saved. I wish that was true. But those are all examples. They're examples of some good news worth sharing. And before you leave this morning, you are going to have some good news worth sharing. I pray with all my heart that you will utilize the outline in your bulletin because it will show you all you need to know to share the gospel good news of Jesus Christ. You see, the gospel good news should be the real motivation behind why we do what we do as Christians. It all revolves around this good news. But if you start reading in Romans chapter 1 on page 999, if you want to go ahead and get there, 999 in those Bibles in front of you, Paul's statement about the gospel as he begins, begins in a really weird way. Out of the blue, Paul tells us that he's not ashamed of the gospel. He's not ashamed of the good news. Now, I don't know about you, but in our day, that kind of strikes me as a little bit awkward. I mean, why would he be ashamed of good news? Why would he be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ? Well, to understand that, you've got to understand a little bit of the culture that Paul lived in and also consider a little bit of the culture that we live in. Because if you do, you might understand a little bit more of why somebody would be ashamed of sharing this good news. You see, there are at least three reasons why somebody might be ashamed of sharing this good news. The first of which is the moral condition of our day. The moral condition of Paul's day. You see, the city of Rome where Paul was writing was a cesspool of sinful and wicked living. Does that sound familiar to you? I hate to tell you this, but the country that we live in is growing to be a lot more like Rome was. The citizens of that corrupt city didn't want to hear anything that degraded or belittled the perverted way they wanted to live. Does that sound familiar? So that's one of the reasons why some people are ashamed of sharing the good news because of the moral condition of our day. There's a second reason, and that is because this good news sometimes seems a little bit unbelievable. I mean, think about it. The gospel says that the Savior was a male member of a despised Jewish race who claimed to be the Son of God. It's a little far-fetched, isn't it? Furthermore, his death was different than others. 
He died on a Roman cross, a symbol of shame. But in dying this death, the Bible says he died for all men. Really. And if that wasn't enough, the Bible says that this man rose from the dead three days after he died. Okay, sure. See, to many people, the claims of this good news just seems way too bizarre to believe. And sadly, things haven't changed much in our day. Paul wrote to the Corinthian believers saying, For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. Friend, there's a third reason why somebody might be ashamed of the good news. Not only because of our moral condition in our day, not only because it may seem unbelievable, but because of persecution. See, everywhere that Paul went to preach the cross, he was ridiculed. Everywhere he went to preach the cross, he was cast out. He was imprisoned many times and often treated cruelly. With all these things in mind, it's real easy for us to see why Paul wanted to be clear about his commitment to the good news. He wanted these Roman believers to know that they were hearing from a man who believed the message he was preaching. He wanted these Roman people to know that he was willing to pay the price to share this sometimes unbelievable message. You see, that's what our problem is today as Christians. Maybe many of us have the same problem. We're willing to accept what comes from the cross. But we're unwilling. We're unwilling to pay the price that might come from sharing that news. When was the last time that you told somebody about Jesus? Don't answer that. Because that's not really why we're here this morning. We want to find out why and how we can change that dilemma. Why wasn't Paul ashamed of the gospel in a degenerate society that didn't want nothing to do with his message? See, there's many out there that don't want nothing to do with your message. What did Paul know that made him keep on going? Keep on going for God. What was it about this good news that energized Paul that kept driving him around the world preaching the same hated message? We need to know that. Would you agree? I want to know that. What made the gospel of Jesus Christ good news worth sharing? As we look into just two verses today, we're going to find out what. If you would, turn with me to Romans chapter 1. Again, page 999 in the Bible is in front of you. Romans chapter 1, verse 16. The Apostle Paul, writing to believers like you and I, says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, 
For it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first, also for the Greek. For in it, for in this gospel message, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. What makes this gospel of Jesus Christ good news worth sharing? First of all, the first thing that makes it worth it is because it's the power, the power of this good news. What gives this good news the ability to change lives? Well, Paul says that this gospel is the power of God. Now, that word power comes from a word that refers to the might, the energy, the force, the strength that is within Almighty God himself, the creator of the universe. The one who spoke you into existence. The one who spoke this planet into existence. That same power is manifested in this good news you get to share. Think about this. God could have revealed his power against sin any way he wanted to. God could have wiped men from the face of the earth again. God could have wiped men and women from the face of the earth permanently. He could have done anything he wanted because he's an all-powerful God. He can do that. But nowhere is the power of God so visible than what it is in the gospel of Jesus Christ. I mean, think about this, folks. When God takes a wretched lost sinner like I was, when he takes me and he saves me by his grace and he makes me a brand new creature, that's powerful. That's incredible that he can cause that kind of change. God could have sent me straight to hell right then and there. He could have just said, you know what? I'm done with humanity. I'm going to wipe them out and I'm going to start all over. Instead, he chose to send his love wrapped up in our Lord Jesus. I thank God that he loved me first. But notice that this news, this gospel of Christ is of Christ. Make no mistake about it, friends. There are all kinds of gospels out there. Many different gospels are being preached today. For instance... There is the gospel of religion. That gospel says, hey man, if you'll do this and you'll do that and you don't do this and you don't do that, if you'll just turn over a new leaf, you'll have a right relationship with God. There is the gospel of materialism that says your worth on this planet, your worth is determined by what you have. If you ain't got nothing, then you ain't nothing. That gospel says gain is the main goal of life. Then there's the gospel of liberalism. The gospel of liberalism says, hey guys, I'm okay. You're okay. God accepts us like we are and he'll take us to heaven if heaven really exists. Then there's the gospel of society. The gospel of society says, listen, y'all, do what you please. You ain't got but one life to live. 
but this good news. This gospel is a little different. This gospel says, you are a sinner. And if you die in your sins, you will spend your eternity separated from God in a place called hell. This gospel also goes on to say that God loves you and he sent his son, the Lord Jesus, into the world. And this Jesus died for you as much as he did for me. And he rose from the dead, defeating death. And if you will place your faith in him and him alone, you can and will be eternally saved. That's what this gospel says. So which gospel are you trusting in? Sadly, we have a lot of Christians who have professed the right gospel, but who are living according to the gospel of society. Ain't got but one life to live. Better just go ahead and live it the way I want to live. So make sure you understand which gospel you're trusting in. But there's something else we need to know uh, because our gospel, our gospel is powerful good news. It's powerful. So let's understand the purpose for this good news. What is the reason for this good news? I mean, why did God go to such lengths to save men and women like you and I? Why did he give his son? Why did he allow his son to die on a cross for the sins of humanity that hated him? Why would he do something like that? Well, the primary answer is simply that he loves you. However, there is much more to it than that. Because God's plan and God's purpose in giving this good news, according to the word of God, is salvation. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation. Now that word salvation is a word you need to understand. It's a mighty, under, mighty important word. That word salvation means safety. That word salvation means preservation. It means deliverance. And it carries the idea of being rescued. You see, that's what God did for us through the good news, is he rescued us from all harm and from all danger. See, God's desire in saving sinners was to forever deliver us, forever rescue us from spiritual death, from spiritual defilement, from spiritual deception, and from spiritual destruction. You were rescued from all that through this powerful good news of God. Friend, let us never forget, never forget that outside of a relationship with the Lord Jesus, the end for all sinners is the fires of hell. That should give us a heart for lost people. I heard and I've shared before that if we would ever just get a glimpse of what hell is really like, if somebody could put you and some straps and just hang you over hell for 60 seconds. You come out the best evangelist that ever existed. 
But God's purpose in giving this good news is not just to change men's destiny for all eternity. God also desire, desired to change our life in the here and now. Not just for the there and then, but for the here and now. He wants to change your life. So the power of the gospel comes straight from God. And the purpose of the gospel is to rescue mankind in the here and now and the there and then. Praise God. But there's more we need to know. We need to know what was the plan. What's the plan of this good news? What is the design of this good news? Well, as you read verse 16, we discover that in no uncertain terms, we discover exactly how this good news is activated. The Bible says, to everyone who believes. That's how it's activated. Belief. This makes it perfectly clear that biblical salvation does not involve complicated religious rituals salvation does not include complicated religious exercises salvation is the product of faith and faith alone and we need to share that good news but this is where a lot of people stumble this trips a lot of people up people like to think that I got this People like to think that they're self-sufficient. People like to think that they can do for themselves. They like to feel that they are part of this saving process. But I want to tell you clearly today, in this matter of salvation, the sinner can have zero part. The sinner has zero part. Salvation is all God, all the way. There is nothing that you could have done to save your everlasting soul. It's all God all the way. Salvation comes to the person who is willing to simply receive that which God has given. John 5, 24, Jesus said, Most assuredly I say to you, he who hears my word and believes in me has everlasting life and shall not come into judgment, but is passed from death to life. I am so thankful that the Lord kept his gospel inexpensive because I was flat broke in my sin. I'm so thankful that the Lord Jesus made this good news easy to understand because I ain't the sharpest knife in the drawer. Even I can understand it. My question for you is this. What are you trusting in today? The gospel, the good news of Jesus is the power of God whose purpose is to rescue mankind with a plan of true faith in Christ. And when this occurs, a pledge happens. A promise of this good news happens. This saving gospel message is for every, say every, for every single person in the world. No one. Not one human being is beyond the reach of the gospel of God's grace. In Titus 2.11, Paul wrote to Titus, the pastor, saying, For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. That means everyone. 
Jesus said in John 6, 37, All that the Father gives me will come to me, and the one who comes to me I will by no means cast out. So the pledge of the gospel is that anyone, anyone who hears this message and responds to the cure can be saved. But many have struggled Struggled with that part in verse 16 that says, well, what does it mean for the Jew first and also for the Greek? Well, that don't need to bother you. Because God didn't give the gospel to the Jew in reference to priority. He gave the gospel to the Jew first in reference to time. You see, God had been dealing with these Jewish people for thousands of years. And when he finally sent his son into the world to be the Messiah of the Jewish people, they rejected him. And God said, okay. Now he's turned to the non-Jewish people, the Gentiles of the world, and offered us salvation as well. In John 1.12, the Bible says, But as many as received him, he gave them the right to become children of God to those who believe in his name. Oh, friend, that's some great news for me and you. So salvation is available to every person on the face of the globe. These verses make it clear that salvation is for anyone, regardless of their race. Are you hearing me? This gospel message is available for anyone, regardless of their social standing. Are you hearing me? This good news is available to anyone, regardless of their education level. Are you hearing me? Regardless of their ability, are you hearing me? Regardless of their wickedness, are you hearing me? There, friend, there is nothing, nothing that can prevent anyone who wants to be saved from being saved. Anyone can be saved. So the gospel is the power of God who purpose to rescue mankind with the plan of true faith in Christ and offers a pledge that every man, woman, and child in every place can be saved. I don't know about y'all, but that's good news. And it's good news worth sharing. So what happens next? What is the product of this good news? The result of this gospel good news in the life of the believer is this. Righteousness. Look there in verse 17. For in it, for in this good news, the righteousness of God is revealed. Righteousness. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, For God made Jesus, who knew no sin, to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in Him. That's good news for me and you. You see, man has got two great problems. Number one great problem is he thinks he's righteous and therefore acceptable to God. Number two, he's wrong about number one. Amen? Man is not righteous. The Bible says there are none righteous. No, not one. And man cannot produce righteousness. Man cannot live a righteous life by himself. He cannot do it by self-will. He cannot do it by his own works. However, and here comes the good news. 
when a lost sinner places his or her faith in the good news message and believes on Jesus to the point where they turn away from their sin, turn away from their sinful lifestyle and begin living for God, then God takes that sinner and he declares him righteous in his eyes. See, what man cannot do by his own effort, God did by his power. Did you hear that? What you couldn't do by your own effort, God did by his own power. Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? See if this list includes you. Do not be deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. And such were so are you. Such were some of us. But you are washed. You were sanctified. You were set apart. You were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus by the Spirit of God. And then in Romans chapter 8, Paul asks a question. And he says, what then shall we say to these things? And he answers his own question. If God be for us, then who can be against us? Amen. Praise the Lord. And in verse 37, he said, Yet in all things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am, not, I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels nor principalities, nor powers nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any created thing shall be able to separate me from the Lord my God. Amen. To separate me from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Frank, can you say that this morning? Are you trusting in that glorious good news? Simply stated, everything that man looks for in religion, like the peace of God, like acceptance from God, like a right relationship with God is all given when a believer responds to this glorious good news. Friend, that's good news worth sharing. But Bill, what does it mean, that part, from faith to faith? Well, when salvation truly occurs, when it's real, and the righteousness of God has been revealed in your life, it will continue to be revealed from the very beginning of faith all the way to the end of faith. Amen. From A to Z, the righteousness of God will be revealed in your life from faith to faith. You see, faith is the way of life for us. Faith is the way of life for us. My question for you is, are you in the faith? Last Sunday night, we took a love test. And in that love test, Paul asked us a question and told us in 2 
Do you not know yourselves that Jesus Christ is in you? Unless you fail to confess. I can't answer that question for you. But you know the answer. Are you in the faith? We have been given good news worth believing and good news same power that worked in Paul's day works in our day. The same good news that saved them saves now. Same one. So my question to you is, are you trusting in the good news of Christ for salvation, for rescue? Have you received the righteousness of 